Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi, Dustin. Hello. It's been it's, a few days. It's been a, it's been several. Uh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you too. Uh, uh, we we were you went what what had happened was <laughs> Tim had a professional obligation, a business trip. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, on the week of Negan's adventure. And then I went to St. Louis to visit a friend on the week of of Carol and Daryl's adventure. Mm-hmm. And so now we're back just in time for Sadiq's <laughs> adventure. Do we want to use the word adventure for Sadiq's experience? Um. Well, I guess for his his you know murder mystery. Yeah, there you go. That's fair. All right, uh, folks, this is Apocalypse Now. And yes, yes. Con- it continues to be Apocalypse Now. <laughs> and we are, uh, yes, we've been away for a few weeks. We're sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we did some traveling. It's mainly an accident. But yeah, it was nice. It was kind of fun. I got to see my brother, hang out with his family, as well as do some cool professional stuff for the company I work for. Uh, and, and you got to see Sorry. I got to see my best friend Sorry and spend some time with him. And that was all, that's always fun. So while we're sorry we were away, we did get to enjoy ourselves. So we hope you will accept our apologies and move on for the love of God. Move on. Let it go. And I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent positive, but do we have another, like, isn't there a little, what's coming up? Like the last episode of walking dead is next week. Right. And we have the gap season finale. And then we have a tiny little gap Mm -hmm. between that and other things so we have to pick something else to watch for a couple of weeks well you and i keep talking about the all the audio stuff we listen to so maybe we should talk about some of the not necessarily zombie related audio but certainly maybe some horror audio and and share that because you and i both tend to listen to a lot of audiobooks oh yeah uh and for example you're listening to the stand right now right uh again and i am listening to tales from the gas station uh which is a based on a uh some online uh audio stuff. Uh, yeah. So then sweet. That might not be a bad thing considering that generally these gaps tend to be really awkward lengths for watching anything. Mm-hmm. So, well, and you know, me and me and the kids have been watching a show called daybreak, yeah, which is Netflix's other zombie show. This is more of a, a teen comedy style zombie show. How is it? It's actually really, really good. I've been enjoying it. Yeah. A lot. And uh, I, I'm very, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that me and the kids have been watching it together. It's a little foul. I mean, they're teenagers mm. and they talk like teenagers, but at the same time, so part of me is like, oh, should I have let the children watch this? But then another part of me is like, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's the way teens talk. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, there's a little bit of that. I'm obviously a 35 year old man writing for a teenage girl thing going on, but <laughs> not nearly as much as you might expect. Well, that's good. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. That's Tim. not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about um... three full episodes. <laughs> 
Yeah. So um, the first episode is, like you said, Negan's Adventure. Yes. And it's basically, if you had any questions about Negan's, um, okay, I guess it's not a, I was about to say something that, that other people could disagree with, but I was about to say that if you, if you had any question about whether or not Negan is a changed man, this episode does a pretty good job of telling you that he is, and yet leaving a certain amount of ambiguity with the way that it as, ends. Yeah, as to how much he has changed. As to, right. yes, he's a changed man, but in what way has he changed? Right. Um, because basically, as the, the previous episode established, somebody had let him out of his cell. Right. And he had made his way out into the woods, but he is not alone. No, there's an idiot with him. Oh God, this kid was so terrible. Oh my God, he was just the worst kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the son of former saviors, uh, and he misses the savior glory days. Even though he never experienced them because he was a child at the time. He has been, his, his father has shared with him all these stories. Yeah. But, but not like when he's telling these stories to Negan, none of them are true. Like he made Carl cut off or he made Rick cut off Carl's hand. And, uh, he, you know, bashed a pregnant lady's head in or something crazy. I can't remember what all of them were, but, but you can tell that Negan is really, really disgusted by these stories that this kid is telling him. Yeah, and remember, this is a guy who basically built a lot of his uh, reputation as the leader of the saviors off this sort of myth of himself that he had built up, that he perpetuated, Mm -hmm. that he basically, you know, he wanted these people to look at him with a sense of fear and awe. Right. But it's clear just from watching him react to what Brandon, the kid's name is Brandon, um, Aren't they all? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That he's just disgusted. He's just appalled by this kid looking at this as like being, you know, cool stories. You know, this is great. And Negan's like, okay, no, no, and no. (laughs) Yeah. And at one point, like Brandon is telling him, I think it was when he was like, oh, you made, you made Rick cut off his own son's hand. And he says, I would have never hurt Carl. And he's like visibly, visibly shaken. He's like, I would have never hurt. And you can see he's about to say Carl. And then he goes, I would never have hurt a kid. Yeah. I would have never done anything to a kid, uh, which comes in later uh, in the episode. Uh, yeah. Cause they're not out there alone in the world. No. In fact, they run into a woman and her son who are being fought, like, like Brandon thinks they're going to like restart savior town. Yeah. And it's obvious to me that Negan does not have that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Negan is not, is not excited about the idea of restarting the saviors. I, he does not say that he does not say, Hey Brandon, I'm not super thrilled about the idea of restarting this, but the way that when Brandon is talking about it, Negan looks Jeffrey D. Morgan's face says it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, no, this is not what we're doing. Um, 
but you know, and so, so uh, they find this woman and this kid and, and essentially at that point, Brandon has uh, annoyed Negan enough to where he sends him away. Like, he's like, you are creepy as shit. Get your, get, get out of here. Leave my presence. Yeah, he is. And he's not being subtle. He's not being polite. He's not being remotely unclear. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, uh, this is not the last we see of Brandon. Now, Negan is, realizes that this, this mother and child cannot stay where they are. Right. And they're preparing to move on. And so while she's packing up, Negan's, Negan has a conversation with the kid, which on one level is ridiculously immature. Right. And on another level, if the, if the, in the backstory of the comics, which they really haven't dealt in, dealt in the TV show at all to really give Negan his backstory and the kind of depth that he ended up getting in the comics. We never really had dived into it. Um, he was... Uh, a high school coach mm-hmm. and he actually was really popular with the kids and he cared about the kids. Uh, and for all the fact that Negan is crass and rude and just on, in many levels, apocalypse aside, right. a bit of a jerk. Um, he, the indicate, you know, the comic showed him as being someone who really cared about, he loved his wife and he loved the kids. Right. And I think, I think that that is why, like, you know, I've always, I've never been, uh, been shy with my dislike of Negan. Like, I, like, you know, I do not, I mean, I've always liked Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I've liked him since he was Denny on Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Uh, But I just, I just, the whole, Negan's whole thing does not appeal to me because I don't like that type of person. Sure. That, you know, let's teach the the kid how to do nut taps. Right. No, we're not doing that. Like, like I'm sorry. No, thank you. And so like that, you know, that always, like, that's why I've always been like, Oh, Negan you know, and everybody loves him. And I'm like, just get rid of him already. (laughs) But in the same conversation, he's also telling the kid about what it feels like to fly. Mm -hmm. And so you get this interesting contrast between what is awful about Negan. And what's really great about Negan. Yeah. It's a fascinating, uh, uh, bit of really, yeah. One of the coolest things about Negan is that he's always been able to connect with the younger characters on this show, Mm -hmm. Carl, Judith, uh, Lydia, uh, he connects with these kids that, you know, that need somebody to bounce ideas off like a teacher would, Mm -hmm. you know, he does that that really impressive thing that I think a lot of, kids really appreciate is that he actually listens to them mm-hmm. and he takes what he takes what they say seriously right which yeah may is a is a really good the, the best teachers uh, at any age are the ones who take what you say seriously right um so it's <clears throat> it's that interesting contrast and then and you know 
for all that that Negan is a terrible, terrible character, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan really brings the balance uh, and makes gives you those moments where, like, you know, you know, we were talking about the Judith and Negan show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won't sing the theme song. Oh, come on, Dustin. I gave you a perfect Negan opportunity. Judith, Judith and Negan <laughs> running around solving crimes. Um, but here we have him with somebody who, you know, we get to see the contrast between how he deals with adults. Right. Um, but we also see something when he deal with dealing with the mother, mm-hmm. which is he's not playing any kind of power game with her right. at all. He uh, even says to her, look, I can fi- I know a place I can take you to that you will be safe, but you cannot tell them where you heard about it. Right. Because he's on the lam and he's doing whatever he's, wherever he is going, he's, you know. And this, of course, is a really good scene, which leads to a really terrible scene. Right. And when I say terrible, I don't mean it's written badly. I mean, it's a scene of terror. Right. And that is that uh, Negan goes off to do something. The writers find a reason for him to wander away. I think he comes back with firewood or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Brandon has returned, and he has killed the kid and the woman. And he says that he finally figured out what, what was going on. Negan was testing him. Like, he, you know, to see if he really had the, the, the guts to be a savior. And, you know, so now that he knows he can kill people or kill innocent people, you know, he's, like, ready to join officially or, you know, whatever. And so while he's, like, in this, this thrills of, like, ecstasy of, you know, I'm, you know, going to be, he's even doing the I am Negan thing. Yeah, <laughs> Negan picks up a rock and brains him, like just, you know, bashes his head in with a rock. Yeah, which you just want to cheer. In fact, um, I think all those years ago when this episode a- actually aired, I texted you about you it did. at the very beginning of the episode. Because, you know, I watched this episode, this, this show with my seven-year-old. <laughs> and <laughs> Jamila, it says... It says, um, Jamila, that kid is dumb, and I want him to die on purpose. That was her within, like, the first 15 minutes of the episode. And she gets her wish. She got her wish. Yeah, I mean, it is it is not a loss for Alexandria um, that this kid has now been murdered. Uh, it's not it, a loss for the, the restarted saviors, if that's even what Negan was really after. Like... You know, God, get rid of Brandon as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. Oh, no, he's just, he's just, and, and unfortunately, I think that this is something that um, is a really good example of a thing that actually happens in the world where, you know, this stuff doesn't die. It just doesn't just go away. And the, the world that Negan built um, isn't just done because it's, seven, eight years later. Yeah, just because just because he's not... I mean, we figured... We learned that at the, the first episode of The Time Jump when, you know, uh, Carol had to barbecue some, some leftover saviors. Right, yeah. So, you know, we know that there's still some people 
that have like feel like happy feelings about this. Well, and I think unfortunately we see that in politics now too, because Negan provided certainty. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, if you do what I say, everything will be fine. Um, which is a very simplistic way of looking at the world, which is attractive to people. Right. It's a version of what Alpha does. We'll talk right. more about that later. Cause, a, yes. But there's a, you know, it's don't j- just follow me and everything will be okay. Yeah. And if you happen to be a moron like Brandon. Right. Who has no soul. And the fact that it hasn't been stabbed to death in the crib by his nanny, uh, based on the way he grew up, um, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be attracted to this. Mm-hmm. So the episode basically, and, you know, the good old days idea yeah. that his father kind of perpetuated for him. Yeah, daddy, daddy didn't raise this kid right. No. Um, now this is. There's more happening in this episode, but this episode basically ends with Negan. The kid somehow found Negan's jacket. And is that really supposed to be Lucille itself? Or no, was it a bat? Because he, he, because remember they fought the Walker with the barbed wire. Right. That's right. And, that's right. and then the, while, while Negan was saving them from the Walker with the barbed wire, Brandon was making a new Lucille. Right. That's right. Um, so he basically looks, he, he, Gets that cocky Negan grin on his face. Uh, and he puts on the jacket and takes the bat and wanders off into the forest. To the, to bash Walker heads until the Whisperers find him. Right. And they do. And Beta finds him and he's like, hey there, buddy, I'm here to join up. And, uh, and I know that there are some people who are like, oh, no. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, but I don't think that that's what we're going to see. No, no, no. This is, I think, I think we're on the comic book arc. Yeah. Uh, So also um, there are other things that happened in this episode too, that we haven't even even begun to pretend to talk about. One of them them is fairly important, but Mm -hmm. not the biggest thing uh, that is Ezekiel has cancer. Right. He has thyroid cancer and one has, has, has significant growth on his neck. It's mm-hmm. killed. It's killed members of his family, uh, in you know, before before the um, shortage of generally speaking, you know, life saving medicines uh, that the apocalypse tends to bring. Um, right. And, uh, back so, when back when things were great, his family was dying. Right. And he tells Sadiq finally basically gets this out of him, and he's like, "Well, you know." we can treat this. And, and Ezekiel's like, no, we really can't. Mm. And Sadiq's like, you need to tell Carol. And Sadiq's like, or, uh, Ezekiel's like, I can't. And Sadiq's like, no, really, you need to tell Carol. Right. And sets up the call and all these things. And Ezekiel bails, bails and doesn't talk to her. Um, which I think will of course, sadly come back to haunt us later. Um, but it's something that, you know, the, while there's certain parts of this episode and the other episodes that follow tend to lean into heavily to the issue of, of the community health and sickness, yeah. the show has not done a lot of this. Where they've talked about the, you know, 
um, outside of, you know, there's been the occasional episode here or there, but for the most part, they haven't really leaned into the fact that most of the stuff that actually is an inconvenience is probably going to make you sick and stuff that is treatable by modern medicine that we can all get from the, you know, head down to the pharmacy and get is going to kill you. Right. Um, And then the other part of this episode is the soap opera part of the episode uh, between what is it? Connie Kelly, Connie's sister is out in the woods. Oh, right. That all is happening too. And, and she's losing her hearing. She's going deaf. And so they go out to find her. Uh, And Connie is the, is the deaf uh, uh, recent arrival who is got this building this connection with Daryl. And so Daryl of course goes on all out, out there with her. Uh, and again, they're building this relationship really pretty well. Um, and giving it this, uh, uh, very organic feeling to the two of them becoming, if nothing else friends, but also there's this, you know, the hint of romance in the air, but there's also been somebody stealing from Hilltop. Right. And in the course of going out there and finding, uh, uh, Kelly turns out that Magna and Kelly have been uh, stealing. Right. Cause they're afraid and, something's going to go wrong. Right. And so they've been making these little, uh, caches. Mm-hmm. And they have to give this away because, uh, Kelly needs to actually get, uh, some medicine of some kind. Right. Uh, they've, they've got it. And, and, Daryl's not thrilled about this. No. Uh, neither is Connie. No. Um, and especially uh, Yumiko. Right. Uh, who is uh, Magna's girlfriend. Um, and also was her parole officer. Yeah. Before they'd known each other for like years and years since even before, even before the apocalypse because Ma- Magna, right? Magna. Yeah. Uh, was in jail. She was in prison for murder. And Yumiko either all, you know, came to believe that she was an innocent person. Right. And, and unfortunately in the course of this, because it's been exposed that she's been stealing, yeah. uh, Yumiko confronts her and basically Magnus says, actually I did kill the guy. Yeah. And so their relationship is, Maybe not over, but it's certainly, she's like, you have to move out. You can't sleep here anymore. Yeah. Um, it's certainly very, very damaged. You know, uh, confessions of murder are in the top 10 reasons that lesbian relationships fail, Tim. I think that's the top 10 reasons why everybody's relationships fail. <laughs> not that it's, I don't think they limit that to lesbians. So Gamma, who is having issues with her sister being dead, um, and is in some respects possibly the real reason that the whispers may fail in the end, based on the fact that, you know, who she's played by, Thora Birch, uh, and the fact that she's clearly traumatized by her sister going to pieces and, and basically committing suicide. Right. Um, 
she ends up, she's out doing, you know, Walker, uh, uh, whisper things and comes across Aaron and she gets she's, cut. She's cutting up walkers and throwing him in a river. Right. And which, she cuts herself. Yeah. And Aaron's like, Oh, Hey, hi. Uh, would you like a bandage? <laughs> and she's looking at the fact that she's bleeding really badly and she takes the bandage and he's like, hi, I'm Aaron. And she's like, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Right. But she runs home to Alpha and Alpha says, you know, she shows the bandage and Alpha's like, oh, maybe we can use this to our advantage. And Mm. she basically has Gamma take her mask off so that we can see that Gamma is an attractive young woman. Not realizing, I don't think they realize that Aaron is not particularly interested in an attractive young woman. Um, Not in the way that they think that they're going to try and use that against him. Um, he just happens to actually be a kind-hearted person um, who I don't know if they realize how much rage he's also carrying around. Yeah. Either. So now we've, we've caught you up with an episode that we didn't talk about two weeks ago. And it took a full hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the next episode, goodness, uh, is called Bonds. And if you ever wanted to see two alpha males, one of whom is sort of a beta male, but also an alpha male, these are stupid terms, by the way. Alpha right. males and beta males are incredibly dumb terms. Uh, and they don't exist. And they don't exist. But, because TV is shorthand, um, two, two arrogant, self-absorbed, self-assured, extremely violent big guys. Yeah play power games this is the episode for you Mm -hmm. because beta and negan have to spend the whole episode together (laughs) and it's bad you guys they don't get along it's a it's it's the first 20 minutes of a buddy comedy uh you know it's the it's the the two, the two cops who don't get along, the old cop and the young maverick who don't get along and they fight until they have to bond and they end up, you know, or not uh, in this right. particular case. But it's, it's very much a Negan is Negan. Yeah, and there's, it's basically Alpha gives, gives Beta a series of tests that he has to put Negan through to prove that Negan is actually wants to convert. And I think what will end up being the fatal flaw here in this plan is that they don't know. Okay. This is a question I actually have. They apparently don't know who Negan was. No, apparently they don't. Which leads the question where, how long, where exactly have they been in relationship to things like Alexandria, where we don't really know where the whispers were seven years ago. Right, eight years ago, when the wisp, when when the um, Negan was in power, and the right. saviors were a thing, uh, because if they did, the fact that, I mean, there is zero reason for Alpha to keep Negan alive, no. zero, um, because she would probably know at that point that Negan's just like, I mean, he is so from the audience point of view. To me, anyway, he's so blatantly playing them. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, it's not even a. I, I've seen people online going, "Is Negan really going over to the going over to the whisper?" No, he's not. You dummies. How can you? How can you possibly not see the glint in his eyes? He's. I mean, he's he's playing with them so hard. Right. Um, and it's the kind of game that he enjoys playing. You know, the, yeah, I am actually tougher than you. Um, I am outwitting you. I am outthinking you. You know, for all the fact that he would have, you know, he, he did his best to kill Rick. You know, the joy of having a, a foe, someone, yeah. someone he could fight on an, on an equal level was something that he clearly enjoyed. Um, and this is the same thing, except one of them is, you know, Alpha and her power that she has over these people but also just the physical threat of beta that he can just bounce off of. And, um, and he just talks the entire episode. Oh yeah. Which drives beta crazy because they're whisperers. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fascinating really to watch the whispers through Negan's eyes um, mm. because it's so clearly he's just making a list. It's like, okay, you know, the big, the big scary guy, he gets down on his knees for the little woman, little woman with bald head. Okay, cool. Make a note. You know, they do this, make a note. They're clearly right. trying to test me, make a note and just going ding, 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 ding. He's just, you know, the, and for those of you who haven't read the comic, spoiler alert for the comic, this is also Negan, get cl- Negan can get close enough to kill Alpha. Right. And this triggers the war, um, but it's also Negan's attempt to end the war before it happens. Right. <clears throat> uh, because So anyway, well, that's enough of this. We're, if, we, if we talk about every single thing that happens in all three of these episodes, we're going to we'll be, be here, here all, all night. night. Yeah. So also what happens is Carol decides that she is fucking done with all of this bullshit. And she is going to go, she is going to go and she is going to end the, and she's going to find that herd and she's going to destroy it. And Daryl catches her leaving and he goes with her. And that's what she tells him. I'm going to find this uh, herd and I'm going to destroy it. And he goes with her partly because out of loyalty to her, but also to stop her from doing anything super duper stupid. And one of the big things is like, did you bring the gun with you, dummy? And and he's, she's like, no, I didn't bring the gun with me. Also, as mainly because it didn't have any bullets in it anymore. And, um, so they go out, they go on this search and instead of finding, they do find a mini herd, but they don't find the full herd. Right. And in finding the mini herd, they capture a whisperer. And Carol like pulls zip ties out of her stuff and like ties him up. And and Carol's like, "Where did you get those?" And she's like, oh, I just happened to have them. And he's like, he's realizing at that point, like, this was her plan all along. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And this is, by the way, this is an extraordinarily bad plan. Right. This is, this is Carol at her worst tactical. Uh, no, this is, I mean, it's just, everything about this is just a bad plan. 
Um, this, this is not Carol at her best. I right. stretch of the imagination. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to not sympathize for the fact that, you know, she's lost with everything that she's lost, losing Henry. And continues and, to lose over and over and over again. Yeah, but still. This is this not, is a, you know, this is not, I mean, it's just Carol's life is a constant misery, poor dear. Even so, this is an extraordinarily bad plan, and it does not does not lead well because that leads into this current episode. As does well. Hang on, we need to talk. We have to talk about Sadiq. Well, that's it. We because it goes back to the fact that there is a illness that's tearing through town. Yeah, everybody's getting sick, mm-hmm. and nobody knows why. And uh, and Sadiq's trying to figure it out. And and uh, the other doctor, whose name is Dante is also trying to help. Uh, and again, like they are, their interactions are so erotically charged. Yeah. Like genuinely, like more than one time I was like, Dante wants to fuck Sadiq. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how it reads. Yeah. And you know, so they're trying to solve, figure out that people are getting sick and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with them. And, and you know, and in my mind, I'm remembering that Beta, not Beta, Gamma, uh, cut up all those walkers and threw them in that river. Right. And so I'm thinking their water supply is poison. So I, you know, you're supposed to let be led to the kind of the idea that the walkers in the water, there's walker goop in the water supply, and that's making them sick. Right. Uh but we don't know that Team Zombie doesn't know that. Right. And Sadiq is not doing terribly well right now. He's having no. really bad flashbacks to being the only survivor. Uh, you know, the he, Alpha kept him alive so that he could tell the story of how everybody else was murdered. Mm. And he's having really bad PTSD with this. Right. Uh, and it's not, and it's dangerous PTSD because he's waking up on top of roofs holding babies right and this is bad we don't like that we don't want we don't want babies to be held on top of roofs. right because rosita is sick and you know there's all this it's just he as a doctor he can't fix he can't figure out what's going wrong with his patients some of which are you know there's a little there's an old lady who is kind of like you know she's very philosophical about dying and he's kind of like no because He's, I, there's very much this sense that he doesn't want to lose anyone else. Yeah. He, even just having one more person die is, is something that he's having a really hard time getting his brain around um, because he's just so traumatized by this. Um, and in fact, I think that's the last shot of the episode, isn't it? Where he's standing on the roof holding, holding the baby. Yeah. Uh, and so clearly not a healthy place to be. And that starts our uh, starts us in on our n- next episode. Yeah, it's called uh, "Open Your is, Eyes." Yes, which was this this week's, and it's called "Open Your Eyes." And we get a real uh, we get to see a lot of what's going on in Sadiq's head. We're almost with Sadiq the whole episode. Yeah, uh, as he tries to care for his patients, and he tries to. Uh, figure out why everybody's getting sick 
And but let's let's talk about Sadiq's story at the end. Sure. Let's go with Carol and Daryl and the guy that they got first. Yeah. And poor Lydia. Yeah, because so they've got this. They, they basically Lydia has been in the cell. She basically put herself in this cell because mm-hmm. you know everybody wants to kill everybody. Every moron in town who who hates the whispers thinks that somehow doing something to Lydia is going to help. Um, and she thinks this is like you know something she'd rather not. She says basically what Negan says: "I'm safer inside here." Right. Um, and they said, you know, they show up and go, "You you got to get out because we have an actual prisoner." Right. And <laughs> okay, so yeah. Carol wants to torture the fuck out of this dude. Right. And and Lydia was it Lydia? Yeah. Lydia's like, look, all you have to do is show them what we have here. Yeah. Because, you know, if you see, if you're able to see what, um, what, what you have, what you can be, what the world can be, we can end this. They can end this. And my mother will lose their power, her power. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, um, like, a, it's like a virus. It, it, the, the idea will get into the crowd of the whisperers. And it, it'll, you can't kill it. Right. Well, it already kind of has. We know that it already kind of has. Right. Because Gamma, there's a little bit of that. There's And because people came up to Gamma and her sister and even said that. Like, those people have your baby. Aren't you glad that they have your baby? And isn't he's going to be so much safer there and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, so Carol's first hack is she brings him bread and jam. Yeah. And tries to first uh, Sadiq and Dante come in and like, you know, try and clean him up and fix up his wounds and give him some medicine and all that stuff. And then uh, Carol decides she's going to try and, you know, like give him some bread and jam. And he's like very, he seems very excited about it. And he like starts to eat it, but then he spits it all in her face. Mm hmm. And so, of course, Carol takes that as the perfect, like, oh, good, I get to torture you now. Yeah. And so they start beating on this dude. And he's like, you're never going to turn me against Alpha. Alpha murdered her own daughter to keep us safe. And Daryl and Gabriel, oh, Gabriel's there in the background this whole time. Uh, Daryl and Carol and Gabriel are like, Alpha did what now? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, she killed her own daughter to keep us safe. And, uh, and like, how interesting. Yeah. And, and so. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Daryl's, you know, Daryl sees the look on Carol's face. Yeah. And he's like, no. And she's like, we should just, at, we should see what she wants to do. And Daryl's like, no. And Carol's like, gonna do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, but here's the here's the thing. I th- Carol Carol goes about this badly mm-hmm. because instead of going to Lydia and saying, "Your mother has uh, has told everyone she killed you, so that they would, you know, so that they would be more believe more in her." We, if we, you're the perfect weapon. You can end this. If we can just find your people and show them that you didn't die, we can end this. Instead of saying that, Carol's just like, "Hey, why don't you go uh, come down? I'm doing my, I'm doing my running my fingers through long hair thing. You guys can't <laughs> see it. 
Um, but that's my my dumb woman. Like when a woman makes a really dumb mistake, I always pretend that I'm running my hands through long hair. Sure. That's what I imagine women who make really stupid d- mistakes are always kind of really thinking about their hair. And since <clears throat> Carol's got long hair at this moment, it's apt. <laughs> um, yeah, because this, this is a for for someone who is as smart as Carol is, this is really dumb. Yes. Because I I guarantee you that if she had gone to Lydia and like presented this this these facts to her, Lydia would have been on board with trying it this way, with going and trying to find her people and and trying to convince them herself with help that this was not good. That this is not what happens, however. No, because when they go down to talk to show Lydia to the other guy as the kind of test subject for this, he's dying, and they don't know why. And so Sadiq and Dante come in, and they're like trying to figure out what's happening. And then the guy kind of dies, and and Dante or Sadiq's going through the bag, and he's like, "Did you give him these pills?" And he's like, yeah, I gave him those pills. And he's like, this is poison. It's hemlock, right? Yeah. This is hemlock. You can't give this to a person. And he's like, well, I would never have thought we were coming here to help the guy. I never would have thought there would be hemlock in the bag. He's like, well, why didn't you check? And 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 Sadiq's like, why didn't you check on the bag? And he's like, well, I didn't think I had to because you packed it. And, of course, that makes Sadiq kind of – freak out a little. Yeah, because he's, he's questioning himself pretty badly at this point because he's aware that he's waking up, he's blacking out, and he's, yeah. he's finding himself in places. He's losing time. These are not things that he's, he's denying that to himself that are happening. He's just not telling anybody else. Right. Uh, which is a big, big mistake uh, anyway. But in this yes. particular case, it's a really big mistake. So... Um... Carol's new tack is she takes Lydia out with her. Oh, meanwhile, Aaron and, and Gamma have been having little like tea parties and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I, I know this is awfully, this is awfully interesting how they, they meet up on our, they're meeting up to basically have Aaron talk and have Gamma sort of stare off pretending she's ignoring him. Yeah. Until she engages with him. And it's really curious to see, because it's... Uh. He's trying, she's trying to get gather information out of him and she, <laughs> it turns out that he knows. Like, yeah. you don't, because eventually he just flat out says, look, you don't have to do this. Yeah. You don't have to try and get information out of me. Let's just talk. And actually just about the time that he's presenting her with this and she keeps going back and reporting to alpha like dumb stuff like they can bake bread and <laughs> you know and they've got babies there and and at that point alpha even asks her like oh did you ask about your nephew and she's like no i can't remember if she had or not she did not although she did ask uh when aaron talked about his daughter she asked about where the what the baby that they left was you know how that baby was. So it's she didn't say it was his nephew, her nephew. Right. Um, so this is, you know, um, a very curious relationship they're developing here. Because yeah. if if she's supposed to be the honeypot, mm-hmm. Aaron they, is the. They, so, yeah. they should have sent Dante. Yeah. They, um, they, 
They should have switched. Because yeah, he's he's not. That's not, he is looking at this young woman who is clearly she's telegraphing all this discontent, all this trauma that she's lived through and and joined up with these people. And I bet you all of the whisperers are like this. The reason that Alpha has been able to do this is because the whisperers are traumatized by their experiences. Yeah, and it's the, it, like I said, I mentioned and early on. she's been on. basically keeping them in trauma for this entire, for their entire lives or for, since for nine years. She's been keeping them in trauma. Yeah, because like I said at the beginning of when we started recording this, I wanted to come back to that. The idea that, you know, Negan kept the the saviors in line with basically threats and reward. Yeah. She is basically mind-fucking these people on a regular basis. Right. She's, she's, she's a very dominant personality with a – I mean, she's – she is in some ways one of the smartest villains in terms of her own intelligence. She's really, really good at taking broken people and keeping them broken. Mm-hmm. And where we keep we run into a lot of other characters in the course of the show who are broken people who other characters try to fix. Mm-hmm. Sometimes doesn't work. But she's very much keeping them, you know, manipulating them and, and keeping them in this really warped uh, worldview. And I've been talking, I have mentioned this a lot, is I cannot understand the attraction of the world oh, yeah. that she offers. I don't understand how this could be something that somebody would want to do. Right. And I, and it's not sustainable. Like, if this... if. Uh, like I, we've talked about the wave on the sh- on our on the show before, right? Yeah. Um, the and I'll I'll briefly recap it because of course with an ep- with an episode where we cover three different episodes of The Walking Dead, you also need to hear about a mid a TV movie from the mid eighties. <laughs> the wave <laughs> is a movie about an experiment that a high school teacher did back in the seventies. Some some of his history students were very skeptical of the like why did the nazis how could the nazis get get that much hold on the brit on the german people like there's like how did this happen because once you see the evil happening wouldn't you want to rise up and stop it even though it was your own government and so this experiment was basically he created a secret club that only his history students were in called the wave and he told them the wave like had certain privileges and you know all these things and then slowly but surely he built it up to the point where okay well now we have to start cutting people out of the wave and who do we cut and he started doing all this stuff and this experiment this the wave took over the school and even kids who weren't in his history classes wanted to be part of it and wanted to experience what it was like to be a part of the wave. And then of course the big dramatic thing is that he has this like we're going I'm going to induct everyone we're going to we're going to meet the leader of the wave. And you know, and everybody's super excited and the whole school shows up in the auditorium to to finally meet the leader of the wave, the person who taught him all of these things and it turns out to be old 
archive footage of Hitler speeches. Right. That he had been using. And, and so that I used as an analogy towards how Negan got into power. Like somebody like Negan fills that void that, yes, I'm a monster. Yes, I'm a strong man. But I am the strong man who is keeping you safe. I'm the strong man who's going to make America great again. Right. Here's the problem with the whisperers. That is not something she, Alpha, yes, Alpha is a strong personality. Alpha is a, you know, a, an intimidating presence. But as soon as, like, they would never have come across the first settlement without her people being like, they've got bread in there. Yeah. And like just abandoning her. It's also this, the reason I hate the village. It's like the, the first time that somebody got sick from something that could be cured by a pharmacy 45 miles away, that village would have been over. Yeah. Well, and there's, so, there's a scene, there's know. a scene in here where, where Gamma has come back and, and she talks about, you know, uh, how she's somehow betrayed Alpha in this particular moment. And Alpha whips her arm. Mm-hmm. And basically leaves bloody marks on her arm. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, the world they live in, the cleanliness they don't have, mm-hmm. these people should all be horribly sick. Yes. And that's another thing. That's one more way. The first person who dies because Alpha left them a scar, a bloody scar that got infected. Yeah, they got, they got staffed and died because, you know. I mean, this is, it's, it's a, we, we talked about this in the very beginning. The whispers are not a, it doesn't make, their, their whole concept doesn't make a lot of sense. You right. can do it with Alpha and Gamma. I'm sorry, Alpha and Beta and Lydia. You could do it as a three-person unit, maybe, or a handful of people. But once it gets out beyond, like that core group where you can break like, your, that is basically an abusive relationship. Yeah. The sustainability of this abusive relationship scaling up to this just doesn't make any sense. No. Unless these people are all so damaged and also traumatized that they're just looking for some sort of strong figure to tell them I'll protect you. Um, And, but even then it's just, I mean, it's, it's just so hard to make this work. Um, And then of course you throw Negan into the mix. Right. (laughs) Okay. So now we've done. uh, So, so anyway, uh, Carol and, and Lydia ride up on Aaron and Gamma when, when basically Aaron is like, offering hilltop like offering civilization back to gamma right like you don't have to do this i know you're just here to get information but you don't have to do it come back with me you don't have to live like this anymore and so carol and lydia ride up and gamma sees lydia and freaks out sure and like runs off into the woods and that's when lydia realizes what carol's plan had been to use her to get this done. And she's not happy. No, of course not. She, she's livid. 
and feels very betrayed. And she basically says, I can't trust any of you. I'm going my own way. Bye. Which is not true. I mean, she, she like, just because she couldn't trust Carol, or even, you know, even though Carol did it, you know, but we all know that. We don't even recap that whole thing. Right. Anyway. Oh, so let's move on to Sadiq. Yeah. Let's go through this fast because uh, even though this was the, the meat of the episode, we need to just, we just can't. I can't anymore, Tim. Well, the good, the, 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 I guess, good news. What, what happens here, there isn't a whole lot that isn't very straightforward. Right. More and more people are getting sick. Um, Sadiq and Dante can't figure out why. Right. Uh, the death of the Whisperer uh, and the question of did Sadiq accidentally put poison in the bag or yeah. in a blackout? Did he do it intentionally? This stuff isn't important. Sadiq is having Sadiq is being traumatized by the fact that all of this is just tearing him apart. He has a really good conversation with Rosita uh-huh. about you know who they are. You'll figure this out. You're the smartest person I know. And, and eventually, ultimately, he does. He realizes that the only common thing that the sick people have is the water. And again, you're supposed to, I went back to, oh, shit, that, you know, that's the, their water supply has been tainted. And so that's what I immediately, you know, and so mm-hmm. he turns off the water. And he's in his room, like, sulking because he feels like he didn't, uh, didn't figure this out soon enough and people died and, you know, and Dante comes in. Mm-hmm. And they're talking. And the way that it is framed, again, it's so sexual. <laughs> it's just so sexual. Because the way that it is framed is Sadiq is standing at the window, looking out, feeling morose. And Dante walk, walks up to him, telling him, like, we couldn't have figured it out. We couldn't have known. You couldn't have known. We couldn't, you know, the, the fact that we figured this or that you figured this out speaks to how smart and wonderful and good you are and all this stuff. And Dante's walking up to him, and he puts his hand on Sadiq's shoulder and, you know, like I, I've said a couple of times, like, they're going to kiss. And, like, when Sadiq turned around, I was sitting on my couch. I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to kiss. <laughs> and, and then I was not clear, and I guess I should have watched this part of the episode again, but something catches Sadiq's eye, right? Well, basically, he's the he flashes back, because we, we've been getting little pieces of his flashbacks to the night mm-hmm. where everyone was killed except him. Dante's got his hand on his shoulder and then he does his, there's this verbal tick that he's got um, that sounds kind of like a clock. Um, Oh, is that what happened? It was this hand on the shoulder and the noise? And the sound. And then basically he realizes he's heard this. He's, he's been in this place before and he re and he flashes back and we see it. The person who's holding him in place while the others are killed. Mm Hmm is a whisperer in a mass. It's a big guy, but he's telling him to open his eye, open your eyes and makes that tick, that verbal tick noise, that click sound. And 
Sadiq is just like, oh, God. Oh, no. Because he just realizes, and Dante sees that he realizes. And Dante is a whisper sleeper agent. Mm-hmm. Which raises its own set of questions. Right. About, like, you know, how, how committed to uh, a cause you have to be to be like, you mean I don't have to, I don't have to sleep on the floor in the woods and I, you know, I get to have a bed and practice my job mm-hmm. and I get to try and help people, but also I need to try and murder all these people. Like, uh. I just, it's very much not, does not make, I want a ton of sense. And yeah. also like, if this was all supposed to have happened after Lydia was supposedly killed and Dante has seen Lydia more than one time, like, right. He have like flipped out about the fact that she wasn't dead. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that don't actually make sense. Again, once you start thinking about the whispers, who is this guy? Yeah. And yet he's, and he's apologizing. While he's killing him, I didn't want to do this. I'm your friend. You're my friend, and you know and, all this stuff. And it's like you wanted to. They, I wish they would have just let him fuck. You yeah. know. Well, and and I mean, on one level, that would have just made it worse. Because if Dante is the villain, then it would have just mm-hmm. you know it if if Sadiq had been receptive to that, they'd entered a relationship and then Dante betrays him. That would have been even worse. Mm. Um, because, but, but, but we've talked about, and I've talked about this in the previous episodes there, the coding was never Dante is a creepy sleeper agent. It was always Dante wants to fuck Sadiq. Yeah. Well, his opportunity has passed. So, <laughs> um, so that's well, basically where the episode ends. Yeah, because he he murders he murders Sadiq and and basically the where they go from here because because Sadiq found a way. Basically, Sadiq chain did something to the water supply. So essentially this is supposed to be done. Whatever whatever had been done to it is supposed to be over. Well he turned it off. They've got they've got all these valves. Right. And the red valves are non-potable water and the blue valves are potable. Mm-hmm. And when Sadiq realized what it was, that it was the water, he turned the valve from blue to red. Right. So even though Sadiq is dead they know, and I'm sure that he went and like tripped off and told Gabriel and you know, whatever. Hopefully, like, all that yeah, all that stuff was not shown on. And I'll be really irritated. I'll be very irritated by the show if if uh, next Sunday they're like, oh, we just don't know. We still don't know why everybody's sick and should think he's dead. You know. Yeah, I mean, and especially considering that this episode, the performances um, were really, really good. Um, especially considering that how much of it was Sadiq uh, and um, uh, Avi Avi Nash mm-hmm. uh, is the actor who plays him. Just a really really good job this episode in showing somebody who is falling apart and yet is not willing to stop trying to find the answers that he needs right. to help other people. 
um, and as someone who is really, really hurting, but still cares about the people around him. Um, I think it's a, it's a shame to have him leave the show uh, because he's a really good actor. And this is, Sadiq was always an interesting character. Right. And unfortunately he's not done a whole, whole lot. Yeah. Um, as besides the, the walking dead. Uh, but he is definitely uh, an interesting guy. A uh, good actor. And I'd like to see him in more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens next because let's see, we're left with Sadiq is dead. Dante is a traitor. Um, Gamma is traumatized by the fact Lydia's that Lydia's running around in the woods. Yeah. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Lydia... Michonne's going to come back and be like, "What the fuck did you guys do?" <laughs> went to Oceanside for four days. It's and and you and and Negan what? Negan's what? <laughs> and Sadiq is what? And the water is what? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be. Uh, um, it's not going to be a great homecoming. No. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a not a great place they're 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 sitting at as they go into what is going to be the last episode of this part of the season mm-hmm. so um yeah could be interesting so um what do you guys think if you did we've gone through a lot in really honestly not that long amount of time to do three episodes mm-hmm. uh but there's a lot that actually happened in this season and there's a lot that's happened in these last few episodes um Overall, I think it's been very, very interesting. It does highlight some of the issues, like the fact the whispers don't ultimately make a lot of sense. But the performances have been really, really good. And the arc has been moving forward, which has not been a season where wheels have been spinning. There's been yeah. momentum. Um, so we would love to hear from what you guys think, if you're enjoying the show right now. Uh, if you have your own issues, things that we have not touched on that are also broken. It is The Walking Dead, after all. Uh, <laughs> It has a lot of broken parts, um, but this has actually been pretty good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so you can find us on Facebook, uh, which we are terrible at posting to, and I got to get better, get us back into posting on Facebook. Uh, we are on Twitter. We post a lot more there, even though we don't post very much there. Uh, and you can find us on podcast.com and um, Apple Podcasts and any other place that this show makes its way to, because it turns out... Anywhere you know, fine podcasts are sold. Exactly. Although, we give this to you for free because we're incredibly generous and haven't figured out a way to monetize it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, if you want to sponsor us... Oh, sure. If you want to be our, our, uh, our sponsor, give us a call. We'll totally plug your... We talk about Libby and Audible and all sorts of stuff for free all the time. Give us some damn money. (laughs) Which is, of course, a wonderful sales pitch. Um, But yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. It's always good to have this be a conversation between the listener and and us, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Tell us what you think. We appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse now. Yay! Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Productions. <laughs>